while your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Welcome to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus. 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program this evening. Um, so we're joined now by school committee member Ross Grace. Hey, Ross. Hey, good evening. Hey, Marcus. How are you doing, my friend? How good. How are you? Thank you for having me on, Marcus. Any- Marcus, I'm doing very well. Glad it's Friday, my man. Glad it's Friday. It was a very busy week. But, uh, Marcus, thank you for uh, the opportunity to be on the show and share my thoughts about some important things going on in our city, especially with some of our students. Yeah, so well, let's 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 talk about that because um, there was a protest today. It happened uh, during school hours. Students walked out. Yeah. They protested. Now Ward Three City Councilor um, Sean Oliver for a Facebook post that he had made that yeah. many consider to be transphobic. Some said misogynistic. Some said homophobic as well. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on? One, uh, Oliver's Facebook post, do you have a position on those? And two, um, what are your thoughts on the students uh, protesting? All right. Max, if you don't mind, let me start off with number two first. Because okay. um, just as a school committee member, um, the students are um, near, near and dear to my heart. And what, that, what they represent, what this group of... Um, young men. I think it's worth women. noting too, Ross, yeah. before you get started, is that you're not only a school committee member, you're, you're an, uh, an experienced educator as well. Yeah, yes, I've worked in the public schools for over 17 years, um, and I have a history of um, being active in the community. So I want to start off with um, commending Ms. Amory Fernandez and Ms. Karina uh, Garcia for the courage um, to take a stance for, for, for their beliefs and um, the beliefs of others around them. Ultimately, Marcus, um, when our students are being conscious of what's going on in their community, where they're being conscious of uh, the words, the actions, and thoughts of city officials, and they're becoming active participants, um, not just people posting on social media or not just writing a letter except expressing themselves. That's how democracy works. That's how our um, system works. So I commend the students for their courage in organizing. And I also have to commend, and uh, Marcus, uh, we are all people who, who are growing. Um, we all grow up with certain prejudices, and I think that once we realize that we all carry things, um, ideas, values um, from the past, that that shapes us. Um, but sometimes those ideas and values um, can be um, hurtful. And this isn't to condemn or target any individual, but prejudice um, is, is, is prejudice. And what pre- prejudice means is to form opinions on individuals or groups before really getting to know them. Mm-hmm. Um, and my ideas and my values have evolved. Um, when I grew up, I grew up a young Cape Verdean kid in, in the project, and society was different. And 
through own, my own personal experiences and people very, very close to me, um, you know, coming out and having the courage and hearing their story of feeling alienated, of feeling intimidated, of feeling scared, of feeling like they were born uh, wrong or different, and then seeing them uh, deal with the adversity, the comments, the people staring at them. Once you have a first-hand experience in, your, in, in a relationship, or with people who, who just said, you know, we're all different, you know, except people who aren't in the way that we normally see the world. Once you have a relationship and understand, as opposed to um, just forming an opinion without that personal uh, connection, it can change things. And so for me, Marcus, this, this is an opportunity for all of us to, to look at ourselves because those posts hurt people. Uh-huh. Um, you know, as an elected official, whether we're an unpaid elected official or paid official, um, especially on social media, those think that stuff sticks around. But it's important that we uh, recognize our values and our beliefs and how they can be transferred to other people. And our words and our thoughts should always, in my mind, Mark, is trying to heal, trying to bridge things. So for me, I've grown and evolved with it. And I would hope that that's what we all get out of it. You know, the, you know. Obviously, those children, those, those young adults out there, were, were hurting. You know, yeah. and they're concerned about how the thoughts and ideas of city officials uh, will shape their policies and how they interact um, with other officials um, in passing policies or being an advocate for the community. So, um, those are concerns. But I, I, I would hope that this is an opportunity for us as city officials, whether it's uh, city council or school committee. To open our ears and be willing to grow and be willing to move on uh, biases or things that are just hurtful to other people, you know, and, and that's the thing about it. It's like some of our uh, values, you know, if we think to ourselves, that's still pretty, uh, that's not the ideal situation. But if our, if our values can literally hurt others and it goes beyond political correctness, because, again, from personal experience, I know what it does when people who are LGBTQ um, you know, I, I just have a strong sense of, of, of the, the burden they carry because of the stigma or the sense of alienation. So um, I'm just hoping this is an opportunity for all of us to listen, to grow, and to, to, to uh, become better as people. I mean, ultimately, we want all our city officials to be successful. You know what I'm saying? We want all of our city officials to do the best for our community. So hopefully together we learn and we grow and are willing to change. You know what I'm saying? So you so, think... I'm very proud of students. Well, that's the other... Th- so that that's... So, you know, basically there's... You know, the, the posts were, were hurtful. They were prejudicial. Um, I think what you um what you said, it was a, a demonstration of some prejudicial attitudes, but you said there's there's room for... There's room and opportunity for growth, and that's what you're hoping for. But... Yeah. This, in terms of the students protesting, so you are a member of the school committee. Yeah. Um, the students leaving class to protest. Yeah. Is that I, it's it's a I mean, it is necessarily in protests are supposed to be disruptive. It is a disruption right. on their day. So is that right. something is that behavior that people, school administrators, teachers, school committee members should encu- uh, encourage? I'm not going to say to encourage it, but um, having a history of being active in the community, um, I also understand the passion and the belief and the feeling that they needed to make a statement. And we don't make a statement by doing things that are status quo. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you look at whether it's the Boston Tea Party, you know, you look at the sit-ins, you know, I mean, all these things were against uh, rules and laws at the time. You know what I'm saying? You know, when, when somebody was supposed to sit in the back of the bus and they moved up in the front of the bus, that was breaking the law, that was breaking the status quo. But what that does is it brings attention to the situation, you know? Um, and I think it takes courage for the students because they weren't sure of the consequences. Um, it could have gone in a lot of different ways, except they felt strongly in their point of view and who they are as people and what they represent. They felt uh, passionately and strongly enough that they were willing to take a stand to disrupt the status quo. And I also feel, Marcus, that that is true education. I don't believe that education is just done sitting at a desk learning how to take a test. You know what I'm saying? You know how I feel about that. Uh, education is taking what you learn, what you study, what you believe in, actualizing it. They did it peacefully. Nobody was hurt. They were well-coordinated. And they made a statement that's obviously uh, making, um, drawing attention to uh, the prejudices that we all still have. Mm-hmm. You know? So, I, you know, there have been rules and laws that were uh, unjust in the past where people had to take a stand and um, not that there was anything going wrong within school, except these students were taking what they've learned, organizing, making a statement that people are going to have to respond to, and hopefully we all change it you know, for the better. So your colleague said that, uh, Chris Carter said that on, on Barry's show earlier, that it had nothing to do with the school, um, but what you're saying is an opportunity when the moment calls for it for civic engagement is part of a holistic educational experience. I believe, I, I strongly believe in that. I believe in that. I don't believe that education is just sitting down and being passive. I've always said that education is a verb. You take what you learn, you you have values with it, and then you do something with it. What's the point of knowing something if you're not acting upon it? You know what I'm saying? What's the point of having a sense of uh, ethics or or morality if if you sit down complacent um, when you see something that's wrong? So, um, like I said, I'm not going to go out there fostering uh, an environment for the students to come on out and walk out of class. That's their personal decision. I made my personal decisions when I was their age, sure. and I was willing to deal with the consequences of it, you know? So I'm not going to be a school committee member or uh, a Ross activist telling them to walk out of class, except at the same time, um, I think it's important that they made their decisions as young people who are going to be uh, leaders of our future, that they made that decision, they coordinated, and they took a stand for themselves. So I, uh, I do applaud that. And again, um, I don't want to get into targeting any individual or, or people who are on um, the city council because I think for the most part, you know, we, they're all good people. But I think all of us have to look at Oh, you ourselves. said for the most part. Who don't you like? I like all of them. I get along <laughs> with everybody, Marcus. You know me. Of course. You know, I think, I think, I think well, you know, I, 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 I think that everybody truly, truly does care. But like I said, I mean, I don't cast any stones at all. I just try to make sure that it, you know, that, that we're constantly lo- learning and growing and trying to be better. You know, I post on social media all the time, being better today than yesterday. I look at uh, the adversity that uh, some are going through right now, um, or, you know, understandably so. And, it, you know, we can always take a step back, reflect, and engage. You know what I'm saying? Be willing to, to think about our words, our actions, things we post on social media. Um, we can reflect upon it. And it's, there's always an opportunity to grow. There's an opportunity to understand each other better. And that's what it all comes down to. And we are such a divided society and everybody's in pockets and you're right wing or you're left wing or you're 
anti this or pro that as opposed to us having conversation and realizing we're human. You know, ultimately we're all human. We all bleed. And when we get to know one another experientially, you know, and talk to people and hear each other's stories, a lot of these prejudices, a lot of these um, uh, trenches we've dug ourselves into slowly disintegrate. Yeah. But we have to be willing to, and as a society right now, we are just hunted down in our own point of view, and um, we have to reignite our desire uh, to learn and to grow, because ultimately we're all in this together. We have children. We don't know how or what path our children are going to take, you know, and mm-hmm. ultimately we want to be there for our children. You know, we, we may have one uh, expectation, and the child walks a different path. Right. And so if we put ourselves in each other's shoes, we all want to be there for our kids. And so we should be there for the children of other of other parents, you know, and that's who those people were out there protesting. Well, so, Ross, I, these are our children. I actually just want uh, you said you said, uh, you know, the students um, took action. Uh, there may be consequences. They'll have to face those consequences or deal with those consequences. There were a lot of students there. From what I wasn't able to go, but I, I was able to see the, the some of the coverage on TV and the pictures that Kate took here at WBSM. So there's a lot of students yeah. there. But what are are you? If have you heard anything from the administration about whether or not there'll be disciplinary action for that? Uh, for for that and. If whether or not there will be, do you think there should be disciplinary action for the students walking out of class? I'll, I'll be honest with you, Marcus. Um, that that that's a tough question. When I was a school administrator, there were times where it was my responsibility to um, enforce rules and policies within the school. There were times where I understood the actions that families were taking and students were taking. But I do believe there has to be um, there are policies within the building, yeah. um, and I would understand an administrative call that adheres to policy, but also with an understanding of the students. You know, you don't. I, I've never been a cookie cutter approach type of guy. I never believe in just throwing a book at people. Sure. But I think that the policy has to be reviewed. I always believe that policies should be um, adhered to fairly, and I think it should be done with the sensitivity. Um, in the um, even conversation with the student body, you know what I'm saying, about why. Because, um, you know, the, the school doesn't want to be seen as we're, we're punishing students for standing up their rights. But I, as a former school administrator, um, I do understand the importance of having rules. Um, and if I was still, still a school administrator there, I would look closely through the, uh, through the uh, student handbook and the manual, and I would um, enforce uh, the, the policy fairly, um, again, with an understanding and sensitivity to the nature of the students. And again, that's coming from me. When, when you're an administrator, it's not because you can have your personal values and your personal beliefs, but you ultimately have a, a large building to run. And, um, you know, I, I would use discretion in the way that I would do it, but I do think um, it's the school's responsibility to always um, enforce um, or uh, make clear their policies and adhere to them for consistency, um, so on and so forth. So I know that's not going to be popular um, with, with some uh, people, but um, again, I'm standing in the corner with those students who are out there today, but as a former school uh, administrator, I do understand the importance of rules um, and policies, you know what I'm saying? So, But again, it's an opportunity for the school to engage more with the students on that whole 
on the on the whole issue to become more active right. in and more uh, proactive with it. You know, like so we with adversity, there's always opportunity to to improve, and, and that's how I look at everything. We can either like stay hunkered down and everybody gets back into their trenches. Um, or, like I said, we can take this as an opportunity to just get to know each other better, just have better conversation, put things out in the open, you know, kind of look at ourselves. And that's why I take um, any any type of uh, negative situation. And uh, that's why I look at it, Marcus. So, Ross, I, I appreciate you. Um I appreciate you joining me this evening to, to, to share your perspective on it. I think it's really important. Before I let you go, is there is there anything else that you wanted to um, is there anything else that you wanted to add? Is there anything else we should be watching for with respect to New Bedford Public Schools or the school committee going forward? No, not. Um, I, I think right now the important conversation is about these students and about the, the situation uh, that 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 is um, uh, going on right now. So. We, you know, if there are things, we'll, we'll have another time uh, to talk about that, Marcus. But um, um, with the school committee as a whole, um, you know, like the, the, the engine can move a little bit uh, slow. You know, um, we we do the best we can. Um, and just personally, like I said, it's a very insulated position. You know, the information that we get isn't as forthcoming as I would like. But I have two and a, you know, a little bit more than two and a half years to go, Marcus. You know, and believe it or not, I'm still learning the ropes. And hopefully, we can just be effective in some of the bigger things that are going on. But stuff like this, you know, like the civic engagement part, this is to me, this is what it's really about. This is education in action. These are students taking what they've learned and applying it. You know, so um, you know, I see that also as, uh, as as part of my role on the school committee, and you know, speaking about these type of issues and making sure we're staying engaged with these students and our educators on the front line. Ross, thanks so much for joining me. I appreciate it. Look forward to talking with you more in the future. Mark, it's always a pleasure. Thank you and have a good evening. Yeah, absolutely. That was Ross Grace, school committee member. Um, appreciate his perspective. Not only as a member of the school committee who makes policies for New Bedford Public Schools, but also uh, as, um, you know, a longtime, uh, uh, you know, educator, employee at the, in the uh, New Bedford um public school system so 508-996-0500 is how you can join us this evening melissa costa school committee member in new bedford is going to be joining us at nine to share her perspective with us um but in between then and after then we'll be taking your calls again 508-996-0500 that's how you can join me this evening this is south coast tonight happy friday i'm marcus farrow Marcus, uh, that was school committee member Ross Grace. Again, Melissa Costa, a uh, school committee member, will be joining us at 9 o'clock reacting to the student protest today that happened at New Bedford High School, but also continued uh, to uh, counselor, now counselor Oliver swearing in ceremony um, at City Hall this evening. So 508-996-0500 is how you can join me. We'll also take your messages on the WBSM app chat. Let's actually go to the phones now. Good evening. You're live. Oh, hey, Marcus. How are you? Good. How you doing? All right. I think your election was lost because, you know, the LBGQ population is very low. And uh, because that the agenda of was about that is, is why um, she lost. That's, that's my opinion. Well, well I, I don't. I, I Yeah, it may be. I, I just think, you know, it. In terms of like the the low population of members in the yeah. LGBTQ community, first of all, I think it's a growing population. Second of all, sure. it doesn't. I don't think it necessarily. Well, it doesn't matter how low it is. That's kind of the whole point. Is that you know groups of you know 
often minority groups or marginalized people aren't the majority of the population. And that's why, um, you know, we have to take care to not use discriminatory language or um, make discriminatory remarks publicly about those uh, about those groups, because, you know, they are smaller populations and um, that's often leads to marginalization. Sure, but but if she would have ran on just that, she would accept everybody, you know, and instead of like um, signifying that 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 population, would, of course, is important and all that stuff. But maybe if she would have approached her, her candidacy differently, like I, 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 I'm for everybody. You know what I mean? I don't know. Well, I think that this this came out, you know, a couple of days before the election. Well, it came out. Friday before before the election, so it's hard to yeah. know how big of an impact it actually had. I think Sean had went into that election already with a thirty vote lead on yeah. Carmen. Um, he came in as a top vote getter, and I think he just had a. I think he just may have ran. He might have won because he ran a better campaign um, just in terms of having being able to get in front of more people and ask them for their vote. That could have been the reason to the extent that, you know, this was the reason Carmen lost. And I, I, I can't speak to that. And uh, I'm not sure since it happened so soon to the election. I, I'm not sh- It's hard. To, it's hard to gauge whether or not it had an impact. Right. Do you think the storm had, had, had any impact on Carmen? Or, or the election in all bad weather always impacts uh turnout um but what's interesting is that there were more people in the general and there were in the primary but there could have been it could have been fewer than if there were you know if it were like a 45 and sunny you know uh day it could have been even more people than in okay. the preliminary but bad turnout always um always impacts a uh always almost always i mean uh weather and always, there's always an inver- uh, a correlation between bad weather and lower turnout. It's it's okay. pretty clear. So sure. Um, now, if if it was a regular city council election right across the board, um, on a on one year like say twenty percent um, voter yeah. turnout or something like that, like you know a high turnout in the city, um, how do you think the election would have come out? Then you think there wasn't much time either. There wasn't a lot of time. It was it was a quick it was a it was a really quick turnaround. Um, So uh, you know, twenty percent is is actually an optimistic figure based on how uh, turnouts in New Bedford elections have gone over the last few years. Like most of these towns, usually get about twenty. I think Fairhaven gets twenty percent. I think Dartmouth got twenty three percent last time. New Bedford has the last time New Bedford got over twenty percent was when. Uh, Mayor Mitchell was up against Charlie Perry. That was like a twenty-five percent uh, election. Since right. then, it's been su- it's been sub twenties. I think. I mean, typically, I mean, if it's these, it's hard because these elections are nonpartisan. But right. higher turnout always benefits more liberal candidates. That's typically the that's typically the trend line in a in a in a in a municipal election where that isn't delineated on the ballot. It's hard to tell. But that's that's usually how it goes. Higher turnout usually um, usually uh, impact is it has a bet, uh, more positive impact on on the more liberal candidates. Okay, you know um, 
you, you have congratulations on your election. Was it BPW or DPW? Yeah, BPW. Um, uh, that was uh, almost two years ago now. Um, uh, I actually ran unopposed, but I did get more votes than uh, than the than the the uh, other uh, commissioner I was running with. So I was happy about that. We uh, we, yeah, we joked about um, that. Sure, I, I wasn't sure. I don't live in New Bedford anymore, but <laughs> I just want to always tell you that. I always forget to tell you though. I've called you a couple of times. Um, the old town barn used to be down in the bottom of Roach Street, but now um, it's not called Roach or Roach Street anymore. You know, down by the bike path. Okay. And it's out now, now on Asking Street. And when I was, I think, 15 or 16, oh, I, was, I, I worked there in the summertime. I, I worked on a garbage truck back oh, in. Oh, cool. Yeah, back in like 1976. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I called yeah. you a few times. I, I keep forgetting to tell you that. I just want to tell you that. But, but it was called, I think it was called the DTW. It was Jeffrey Olsuch who ran the thing then. Yeah, they named the building after him. Actually. Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah. I didn't the, know that. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, it's the Jeff Olsuch building. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Marcus, have a good night, man. You as well. Thank you. Appreciate it. 508 996 is how you get in the program. Uh, yeah, you know, different, uh, higher turnout could have a, an impact on the election. Now, Sean will go into this having the benefit of incumbency, um, which uh, even even in a, um, even in a, even though he hasn't been around for that long, is uh, too very helpful. Um, but yeah, higher turnout could impact it. It's hard to tell. I think, you know, what could help the turnout is if there's a competitive mayoral race, honestly. That could help, definitely help the turnout. Um, we'll see, though. I think there's been a lot more. Like this special election, that was bad turn. That was, you know, really pitiful turnout. It was 6%, right? Citywide, the last citywide election was 10%. Um, the last special election in Fairhaven over here, that was like 20%. It was a little bit, the circumstances were a little way different um, than they are now. Uh, but, yeah, it's hard to tell. I, it's it's hard to tell if that's going to have a positive impact. I think, you know, it will probably benefit a challenger more because if there's more people turning out, then those are fewer people than voted for the incumbent, right? So if there's more people that are going to show up, there's fewer people that, that have voted for the incumbent, that's more people that you can convince. Because one of the hard things about running against an incumbent is you have to convince people essentially that they voted the wrong way. So, Hey, six months ago, uh, you know, and especially when it's this reason, Hey, six months ago, uh, you voted the wrong way. Here's why. So it's difficult. So I think a higher turnout would probably benefit a challenger more, uh, if they're able to convince, you know, the newer crop of voters that will show up the crop of voters that didn't show up in the special, they could convince them, I mean, unless the incumbent does, they have an opportunity, a better opportunity to convince those challenger, those those voters that, you know, I hey, I'm the right person for the job. You didn't get a chance to vote in this election. You should vote for me. Whatever. So 508-996-0500 is how you can get in the program. Also take your messages on the WBSM app. I mean, typically with turnout, too, um, in, in, in local elections, um, you, know, you, you, you sort of the people that show up are the people that are going to show up. Uh, the battlefield is littered with people who say they're going to inspire um, people who've never voted before to vote before. Uh, it almost never happens. You get the voters you get. But if, you know, I mean, having, if there, there's very likely going to be more voters in the fall for, for there's definitely going to be more voters in the fall for that Ward 3 election. So 
that could change the landscape a little bit. 508-996-0500. That's how you can get on the program this evening. We'll also take your messages on the WBSM app chat. Again, we were just reacting to um, the... We had school committee member Ross Grace on, uh, and we have school committee member Melissa Costa on in the 9 o'clock hour. Just reacting to the news that, well, not only the student protest today of Ward 3 Counselor um, Sean Oliver over his Facebook posts, but the the continuation of that protest into city uh, into City Hall this evening. So it doesn't look like an issue that's just going to go away. Um, there's going to be some uh, bridge mending, uh, and it seems, it appears uh, initially that um, uh, Councillor Oliver is receptive to it. I think it probably has to be if he wants this issue to go away. But it seems like he is um, he is uh, he's rece- he is receptive to it. Uh, you know, he's got to do that while balancing the new responsibilities of his job, uh, which is difficult. But hey, you know that's that's um, that's public service. I think. You know, it's kind of tough when you get into these these types of positions where you put yourself out there to a lot of people. Um, you put yourself out there to heightened scrutiny, and those people, uh, some people, saying some harshly critical things, sometimes awful and untrue things, but harshly critical things about you. So it's just a matter of how you take it. I mean, here, and I think in this particular situation, um, you know, I think those posts are bad. I think. Um, you know, I think those posts are bad. I think those students and I think members of the, the local LGBTQ plus community do have um, a well-placed sense of concern. And I think there is, again, like I said, opportunities and necessities for uh, for um, some bridge building. 508-996-0500 is how you can join us this evening. Let's go back to the phones. Good evening. Good evening, Marcus. How you doing? I Good, thanks. How are you doing tonight? Great. I, I wanted to ask first how, how Chris is doing. Because usually he's hanging around on on Friday nights, right? Yeah, I just talked to Chris um, like a few minutes before the show, actually. He's doing fine. Just couldn't make it in tonight. Sometimes he's sometimes he's here, sometimes he can't make it in. But if it's ever something dire, we'll uh, we'll let you know. He's doing pretty good, though. Yeah, we <laughs> should, yeah he should be back. Uh, we, we should be back next week. Because I haven't heard from him as much throughout the week and now sometimes on Fridays too. So I'm like, Hey, how's he really doing? Yeah. Um, yeah, That's good. Yeah. He'll be back. He'll be back next week. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's come a long way, you know, that was for sure. Yeah. That was falling back. Absolutely. But I just didn't know, you know, overall. Um, so this whole, um, you know, the kids literally pitching a fit at, at some of those posts that, 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 Counselor, you know that new. I guess I guess he was sworn in today, right? Yeah, he was sworn in um, just like a okay. few minutes before the show, actually. Uh, and were the, they the, hoping the, that he didn't get sworn in, or was that the goal? Obviously, no. I think they just wanted to, you know, make their presence felt there and maybe let him know that this, you know, they're going to continue to try to hold them accountable, or you know, um, yeah. Basically, I think that's it. Because, I mean, I, you know, I, I think the posts were deleted. I, I never got to physically see anything. I heard a few things, you mm-hmm. know, spoken about, obviously, throughout the week. But I understand kids in school are very uh, 
emotional and they're just getting a hold of their feelings and they're trying to, you know, learn to express <laughs> well, themselves. Well, you know, I think there were some adults that had voiced concerns about this, too. I, I don't think it just right, because it's the I'm students. Saying, as far it's... as the way the kids handled it, you know what I mean? Supposedly this was from their concern. Yes. Sure. Tim was saying in the morning, no, these kids have their own thoughts and their own feelings and they've organized this. And then I guess later um, a girl called in to Barry and, and the reporters that were there were saying, no, it was absolutely, you know, the girl admitted out of her, you know, herself that it was uh, the mom that kind of spurred this whole thing on. Uh, did she? I thought she just said, you know, her parents, she lived in Ward 3 and her parents voted for Carmen, but I don't, I, don't, I, I didn't hear her prior, say. Just prior to that, she had said, um, was it that girl or the two reporters that were there and spoke to her? No, I think so. It was, and, and it was, um, you know, I guess two girls. Okay. We're going to walk out, which I don't know. Did she get up and walk out of school at a certain time? Like, I don't know. That was their plan. And the mom was like, no, you've got to get everybody to do it. And I guess the girl, I, I could have some details wrong, but I think she said the girl was, a, she, she was a lesbian or her friend and her were lesbians or Okay. Or maybe her friend was just in support of her somehow. But regardless, so were two of them going to walk out. The mom spurred this whole thing into get the whole school, you know, get get a lot of people to do it, get everybody on board, get the whole community involved, and you really got to. So it was definitely not coming from the students is the way everybody that was there and reported it sounded like. So regardless of wherever it came from, the issue I had with it was, great kids want to speak up for themselves they want to let other people know how they feel some teenagers don't always have you know maybe the best way to sit down and discuss something and get action that they want to see moving forward and they do tend to be a little i want to say high strung and emotional you know i, I i've i've had teenage daughters and sons sure. and, you know it can be that way until they learn you know the best but I just really have a problem when people toss words around like misogyny, you know, he's a misogynist and he's a this and they're phobic this and phobic that. Those words to me are pretty impactful and not necessarily, you know, accurate. I, I mean, I don't, I, I don't even know this guy personally. The, the, but, the, so the, I'm saying sometimes those words are thrown around now you know, like racist and misogynist. And, you know, sure, they didn't say racist, but sure, they didn't say racist, but um, they all did those say words, all those words were in there. Tra I mean, racist, tra transphobic, um, homophobic, and misogynist. I think the right. so the, 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 the definition, the definitions of those words, like I feel just as though racism was thrown around to the point where it doesn't hold the weight it it should. I feel it's the same with these types of words. When somebody, um, not to, not to make light of whatever, how this traumatized them, but I feel as though to call somebody those names and to get everybody packed in and say, you can't say or do anything to us. I feel as though I didn't, like I said, see the post. From what I've heard, it was kind of like, not to make light, and it was a joke, but you know, hey, I'm a guy in a bathroom and there's a guy in here with a dress on. I personally, as a woman, and especially when my kids were going through school just a few years ago, when when they started with, you know, men and women, girls and boys, all going to be able to go in the same bathroom, I had a young, very young teenage daughter. And not everybody realizes what it's like for a girl to become a teenager, to be going through puberty, 
and to be in school in the bathrooms with other people in general. But I'm sorry whether or not it hurts people's feelings or I'm not being politically correct or as, or as though people might want to take it as some people are insensitive. I was feeling 100% very personal to my children. And I also do not honestly want to go in a bathroom, public bathroom. I, I, I don't think those, yeah, but you know, uh, so, so, so that's been brought up. Oh, he has kids and all this stuff. And he does have a, he does, he does have a son, but I, I don't think that, um, I don't think like those those posts were were clearly like making fun of people who are transgender. It's not See, like oh, minute, uh, Mark, it wasn't was it wasn't story. speaking concern for his for you know his no, kids well, or anything like that. I didn't see all of them, but um, I think Barry or somebody described specifically what one of them was, and I'm saying it was a, you know a guy in a bathroom and a, a, a guy with him and with a dress on in there. I don't take it as making fun of. I feel like, in a way, it almost feels like bullying, where you can't say anything, you can't express your feelings. I do not. I had to take my 93-year-old aunt, you know, out in a, a, a dressing room, and guys are going in the dressing room near her. She's not of that generation. Whether they're 14-year-olds or that age, not everybody's comfortable with that. So how can you express that you're not comfortable having to have your aunt trying on bras and having guys come in and out literally with nothing but a curtain between there, some people have more modesty, and that's offensive to them. But no, it's like you're shut down. You're not allowed to express your feelings. Well, he's allowed to feelings. do that, but but it, but he's an he's an you're elected not official. So, because if you make light of it in a joke to say, "Hey, it's, I'm not comfortable with a guy dressed as a woman walking in the that's bathroom." That's not what with, that's, that is not that is not what was con communicated though. That's the whole thing. It wasn't like, "Hey, listen, I'm really having a hard time adapting to these changing, um, you know, these changing paradigms, right?" In in what uh, in gender and gender fluidity and all of that. It was making fun of people like this is what happens when you vote democrat there's a guy with a dress and you're in the men's room that's it was making light of it it but wasn't it wasn't it was making, making fun, fun of, of it. it was it it's, absolutely it's was it absolutely was well, well I, I that's what i'm saying people that feel a different way about it are shut down told that they hate women and hate um trans people that's not always the case it's just that hey we might take an issue with it too Technically, Marcus, the truth is, when you vote Democrat, you are going to the bathroom. I don't, I don't allow people to come into the bathroom in my own home. How about some modesty and some privacy? Like, I don't need a parade coming through here. So in public, you might want to expect a little modicum of modesty and privacy. It just used to be that way, and it was nicer. Maybe guys don't care. They got urinals. I mean, maybe it's different for guys. I don't want to be sexist. You know, God forbid, <laughs> but I'm saying, I know it, just people in general, some are more have an issue with that and some don't. And I don't think people that have an issue with that get to express it unless you're all of one opinion. And the truth is, yes, you vote Democrat. This is what you get. That doesn't mean to say you hate those people. Uh, I just don't want to go to the bathroom. You just don't want to be near. You know, I, I don't hate him. I just don't, don't want to be around him. Go to the bathroom with my husband. Well, like I well, don't well, want well, that. Listen, I, I, I uh, you know, I, I think your personal bathroom preferences aside, those. No, I mean, there are other there general, are other posts some about. Don't like that. Some people have have no issue with that, and some people prefer privacy. Like, so it's not just a hate towards those people. 
You don't want my children. I don't want other people. And some people are like that. Yes, maybe wait until you can go home and don't go at work or whatever. But that, that's not um, that's not feasible. Hey, I, so in the real world, we all have to learn to make to accommodate each other. It doesn't I, mean other people are hateful. And I just wish people would understand that. And I think we could work forward through it a little more easily if people immediately calling each other names and bullying you. To yeah, I don't think, listen, opinion. I don't think that they didn't call him a name. They just said the posts were homophobic, transphobic, et cetera. They didn't, they didn't call him a name. But listen, I, I have to take this break. I do appreciate the call. Thank you very much. Um, I see some calls online. I got to take this break, though. I'll be right back. New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. Spent all day hearing about the news. Now's your chance to react to it. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Call Chris and Marcus now at 508-996-0500. Or send a text via app chat on the WBSM app. Now, back to South Coast tonight. Hey, welcome back. Let's go back to the phones. Good evening. Why is it when I listen to your show, I feel like Gene Hackman in the birdcage? That last woman was the most traditional woman I've ever heard, and I agree with everything she said. Gene Hackman was the, the, the was he the father-in-law? Was he the one that said, um, the, 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 conservative the, senator. The, 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 the one that said Bob Dole is too dark? At the end of the day, he said, I don't want to be the only girl without a dance partner. <laughs> but he, but he, you know, he had a transformation. So, just quickly, Marcus, the, you said that it, um, the, the counselor is uh, within his rights to post the, uh, to, to repost those uh, memes, memes, however you say it. But he's subject to the consequences. Mm -hmm. So while I applaud these students that are getting active at a very young age, um, God bless them, and they're going to learn a lot. They're probably going to their views are going to change over the years. Say one of them gets up, gets into Harvard, they goes to Yale Law School, and gets nominated for the Supreme Court, and they have the Senate hearings, and 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 some you know conservative nut job says, "What about this Facebook post that you did when you were protesting?" You know what I mean? Are they going to be subject to uh, ridicule? And um, perhaps they're going to be subject to the same things. Do they know what they're doing when they protest on this? They're going to face the same. We're up against more rays of society, and you're on one side or the other. Sure. Are these, yeah. So, so, I mean, God, first of all, I would be, you were 18 years old and you thought this way. And you change your mind as you get older, you know, God bless you. But right now, they're taking something and they're going to hold it against somebody as misogynistic and homophobic, which I don't think it was, but that's what they feel. I'll accept their view of it, but someone's going to come back and haunt them with this as well. Maybe. I mean, they might get older and, and still hold the same positions. I mean, I, 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 you know, there's a lot of people, me included, a lot of fully fully formed, fully uh, fully cerebrally developed adults that do think that those let's posts not, were... Let's not get carried away, Mark. Th those posts were... <laughs> those posts were... <laughs> were listen, boat. I got to take, take this break. Thanks, I, I appreciate it. All right, stay in line. Here's what's happening this week on town. Uh, I've been listening to all of this, and I, I hope these young people uh, 
will um, make uh, them remember in November. I'm, if Common Amaral is their uh, a better idea of a candidate, they should mm-hmm. see if they can work for her and get her elected by talking to their friends and sure. relatives. And, you know, in a close election, they might be the difference. Yeah, well, like I said, there's, you know, in a, in a general election, there's a newer crop of voters. Um, so uh, there should be at least, yeah, you know, I, who, I, know, I, who knows? <laughs> I just hope they take it to that extent and don't forget about it between now and November and uh, try to get a candidate that they feel respects them and who they are. Look, I think if, um, if you know, if there's some civic engagement sure. with our younger people that, that, that comes from this, I, I think that's a positive development. That, that's how you really, really, really make them be felt. Okay? Yeah, absolutely. And make yourself be felt. Hey, I got to hit this okay, break. Okay, my friend. Take care. Appreciate it. All right. So school committee member uh, Melissa Costa is going to be joining us uh, in the nine o'clock hour um, to give us her take on um, on the uh, student protest and the uh, the the post by um, now Councillor Oliver. So uh, stay tuned. This is South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus. (laughs) 